This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Easton ducks under. Got it. All right, what is happening, everybody? What's going on? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and this is episode 331 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA now, too, on the weekends. Yankees every series when they are in season, and the Knicks every game. So, you know, obviously this is a Yankees episode, as you can see by the title. And it is a projections episode. Now, this is kind of difficult to do when we are in the middle of an MLB lockout. And it doesn't look promising because as of today, I mean, unless in the final hours of the night here, as I'm speaking, it's the 28th of February, unless they figure out a deal, the season is going to be pushed back at least a month, right? Or they threaten to push it back at least a month. And there's going to be games canceled if they don't come to an agreement um, on the new CBA rules or whatever by the end of today. And so... It's kind of difficult to do projections, especially with counting stats. So, you know, you can put an asterisk next to it and and you can kind of calculate it to what it would look like in a shortened season, however many games is going to be cut off the schedule. Do that if you want. But these these projections that I'm going to give are, you know, they do have some averages in there, so that's fine, but there are some... I included some counting stats, and that's obviously going to be difficult if the season is shortened to do some of these things. Um, but but just keep that in mind, you know, because I made these projections a while months ago um, when we didn't know the season was going to be delayed, and it's unfortunate. But so just keep that in mind that some of these counting stats, you know, are are all these counting stats are going to be based on if the season was 162 games which it's looking like it's not going to be and that sucks again and that's really all that's going on in the baseball world Oh, uh, this morning though I woke up to the news that Derek Jeter stepped down as the shareholder as one of the shareholders of the Miami Marlins very interesting. I, yeah, I didn't read too much about it. Kind of just stopped there. But um, that was that was uh, interesting. I I did not expect that. I never I haven't heard rumors about that leading up to it. I don't think there were any. It's kind of out of nowhere. But um, that's it. And the Yankees are bringing back Hensley Mullins. Hensley Mullins. Cool. I don't. I don't. I don't really have anything else for you. Um, so yeah, episode 331, we're going to have, this is a projections episode. 
what I think some certain Yankees are going to produce like. Okay? So, again, keep in mind, this is based on a 162-game season. And I know that there is not going to be one, most likely now. So it's kind of, you know, just fuck it, whatever. Look at the averages only, right? So that's it. Welcome to the show. If you are new to BD4, be sure to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> excuse me, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Podcast. I said Google Podcasts. Um, if you want to watch the podcast, you can watch the podcast on YouTube and subscribe to us there. Ring the bell, comment, share it, all that stuff. Download this episode if you're on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, a review. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at RJ Carbone. That's on Facebook. And you can find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. So without further without further ado, let's get to our first plug. And when we get back from break, we'll head right into it. We'll talk about some of these um, projections. Alright? Alright, stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone.
All right, so what we're going to do, welcome back to the show, everybody, is begin, we'll go around the diamond. All right, we'll start at first base with Luke Voigt. Um, and again, you know, things can change. The Yankees, you know, post-lockout can make some moves and blah, 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 right? But this is if, you know, this season we're going to start on time and if this season began with this current roster. All right, so this is a, you know, it, again, it's kind of a useless um, activity to do with everything that's going on. But whatever, we're going to do it for fun. There's nothing else to talk about or... or follow so let's do it let's start with first base we'll go over some of Luke Voigt's projected stats that I that I came up with and I'll you know I'll explain some of my reasoning for it and then we'll move on to second third and so forth shortstop we'll go around the diamond all right and we'll do the rotation too so see if I can pull it up here if you are watching the podcast all right so um Luke Voigt we're starting with Luke. Uh, Luke Voigt is, you know, he made it known that he wants to play for the Yankees. Oh, he wants to play first base and start at first base, get first base, um, get starter at bats, right? And he's one healthy. He's produced. He's been a very productive power bat. He's got a great eye at the plate, and he's came through with some clutch big time hits for this team over the years. Now. I don't know that again. I don't know that the Yankees are done with with their their off season. I, Lord, I would hope not. You know, but if the season began and Voigt is the starting first baseman, and he is throughout the season, these are the numbers that I expect. And again, if you're listening to the podcast, I'll read them out to you. If you're watching, it's on the screen for you. But I expect a batting average around two fifty one. That's yeah, it's a random number I threw out there, but it's around where he usually hits and stuff. So 251 batting average, an 812 OPS, solid, 24 home runs, and 75 RBIs. So I don't think that's anything unreasonable. You know, I don't think that jumps out at you, um, good or bad. It's a productive season for him at first base. So if he's healthy, I think that's a very possible chance to have you know there's a very good chance that can happen and the thing is is he going to play good enough defense for you right because that's always been the problem with Luke Voigt it's the bats there more times than not he's going to go through his cold slumps but it's the defense that truly becomes a problem sometimes at the cold corner but he's a good powerful right-handed bat so I've got 251 812 24 and 75 that's Luke Voigt. Now let's go to second base, which is most likely, right, 90-something percent chance that Glaber Torres is their second baseman. And those are his projected stats. I've got him hitting 262 with a 766 OPS, 21 home runs, and 79 RBIs. Um, you know, it's start, listen, it's nothing crazy, right? But I'm at least hoping, and these are numbers that say he can at least do enough to raise his trade value midseason, right? Those are productive numbers, much better than what he's given you the past two seasons, 
You know, I don't ever know if he's going to get back to what he once was, right? He started out so promising. He was this prospect with middle infield power. Actually, the power wasn't even, like, on his scouting report. It was about his hitting potential. You know, he was a guy who had the ability to bat 270 to 300 in that range. And he could spray the ball around and, you know, then he started hitting home runs. And you have to think that he maybe fell in love with the home run a little too much. He started opening up. He started pulling everything. And you could see in his swing there were a ton of moving parts. His mechanics are out of whack. And then he let his poor hitting follow him out to shortstop. And you could say vice versa too. Shortstop to the plate. And that also affected his hustle. And that became an issue. He wasn't running out ground balls. Remember that Braves game? Was it the Braves or Cleveland? But I, I don't and I don't care that he's young. That seems to be some weird excuse that he's young, you know, he can afford it. No. And he's he's also he's he's twenty five now, by the way. So he's not a baby. You know, I remember the whole he's only twenty thing. No, he's 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 a big boy now. He's twenty five years old. It's time to, to do it. You know, and remember, as a prospect, that was one of the things about Glaber was his was you know how advanced he was for his age, and we talked about his maturity a lot in his couple uh, first couple of seasons with us, with New York. But you know, last couple of seasons it's been downhill. The power completely took a dive, and it's not just the home runs, but the doubles, the slugging percentage, the exit velo. Right, not a lot of there's a lot of soft contact pop ups and some choppers and. So I'm thinking that maybe this season you restart, get a fresh start, and you're moving over to second base now. And you're hoping that can be enough. He did start hitting better at second base towards the end of the year. Maybe that's enough to motivate the kid. I don't know. Uh, So I say he improves, but it's nothing like he was back in his first two years. But hopefully enough to raise the value. And if he doesn't raise that trade value and he doesn't put up numbers like this, I don't see them selling low. The Yankees are a team to have shown to have patience to their own fault at times with prospects, you know, <clears throat> Gary Sanchez. Um, so I don't expect them to sell low. I think at worst, they're just going to send them to the bench. But I'm hoping for, for a better season this year. I'm trying to be conservative, but at the same time optimistic with these Torres projections. So that's why I have him hitting, again, 262 with a 766 OPS, 21 home runs, and 79 RBIs. All right. Let's move on to who will probably be our shortstop unless we make that move for Trevor Story. Um, give up on the Correa dream. I, I wish. But Gio Urshela, probably going to play shortstop. Um, and his projections here on the screen, 271 with a 792 uh, OPS. 20 home runs and 72 RBIs. I think that's fair, right? This is a guy who, his first two seasons with the Yankees were excellent, Right? Batting 300, um, showing that power, and playing amazing defense at the hot corner. Now, his role last season, some of last season, and this upcoming season is going to change a little. The numbers took a big dive last season. This season, 
much like Torres, I expect them to come back up, but not to any extreme. But I do think for what you're paying Gio Urshela, and remember, you weren't even expecting this guy to be in the lineup every day, that you can accept these numbers. 271, 792, 20 home runs, 72 RBIs. I think he'll play solid shortstop. He, he's shown that he's capable of, of playing shortstop, right? I don't think that's you know out of the question that he'll be shortstop unless anything changes. I think for now, until you know Volpe or Peraza already, this is going to be at least your stopgap shortstop. Um, so I think he bounces back, and and you know that's that. I think Gio has a decent season for us. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's go to DJ LeMahieu. Um, yeah, DJ is an interesting one for me. I, I so bad I want him to be who he was when he first came to the Yankees. But I, I did a little bit of work here. Work, not that difficult. Uh, but you look up his career numbers if you just simply go on baseball reference and you look up his year to years. He's very much like what he's been. Um, he'll break out every here and there. So you look at his, from 2012, his first year with Colorado, to 2015, he was putting up numbers that were average to above average. Good, decent numbers. In 2016, he breaks out with a 348 batting average and a 911 OPS with the Rockies. Then his final two seasons with Colorado, they were again, up, you know, average to above average. Comes to the Yankees, and his first two seasons, or you, know, you can call the second one was like this. The, it was the shortened 60-game schedule. They were fantastic, though. He was phenomenal. Last season comes, and he comes back down to earth a bit. You know, he was not great at all, but he was there. He was okay, and it was much like his the majority of his seasons with Colorado. At times, he was demoted down to six, I think it was, in the lineup. Not their leadoff hitter anymore, but he I think he earned that back. Um, but he needs to be better this season. Plain and simple, he needs to be better. And I expect him to now that he's going to be fully healthy, knock on wood. Um, and he's entering year two of his contract. And I think he'll be a solid player, no more, no less. You know, I think he will earn that $50 million salary with good hitting and clean versatile fielding. Probably going to play a lot of third base this season. So that's why I have DJ projected to have a solid season, batting 286 with a 791 OPS, 17 home runs, and 81 RBIs. I think given you're paying him $50 million, those are credible stats, and you combine that with the defense, I think that's that's pretty fair value. I... He has the chance to hit 300. I just don't think it's going to be 330, 360 anymore. You know, I don't think that's happening. But, um, yeah, man, if he was to do something like this, I'd live with it. It's still frustrating. It's still disappointing because I'm still on that. I'm still high on that uh, euphoria from his first two seasons with us. But um, got to temper our expectations with this kid. You know, and it makes you think, <laughs> is he going to live up to this contract? But if he continues to do this, at the very worst, I'll accept it. 
So DJ, I've got 286 once again, 791 with the OPS, 17 home runs, and 81 RBIs. Moving on to the backstop position, to, to our friend Gary. Gary Sanchez, I, you know, man, I... 215 batting average, so it's technically a jump up. 749 OPS, 21 home runs, and 69 RBIs. This is just who he is. It's who he is at this point. Um, you know, normally I'd say this is his very last chance to prove himself, and the Yankees must cut him if he does not prove himself with a good season. But that would make it like my third time in a row saying such. I think the Yankees... And their so far gone approach, their so far gone hitting philosophy, are way too enamored with the idea of having a power hitting catcher that they're willing to overlook all of the flaws in Gary Sanchez and his lack of plate discipline, uh, his defense, his low IQ, his base running mistakes, his and many times is his drive, right, his hustle. I think they're. I really do think they're gonna act like they're shocked at times, but they're going to deal with it because they think that getting him to hit 20-plus home runs at the catcher position is so such an anomaly. I can name you five catchers I'd take off the top. I can't do it off the top of my head, but I, I could probably name you at least five that I would take over Gary and, and, and probably more. I remember at the end of last season, I, I literally had a pen and paper and I wrote a list, checked the numbers, looked at some highlights, and I was like, wow, there are a lot of catchers I'd take. Um, maybe we'll have an episode of that one day when he's uh, hitting the buck 50 mid-July. mid, mid uh, July. Stanton, uh, we'll go to him next? No, I think we're going to start in left field. Let's see. Yeah. So, so yeah, Gary Sanchez, 215 batting average, 749 OPS, um, 21 home runs, 69 RBIs. Uh, we'll go to Gallo. We'll start in left field with, with this motherfucker, Joey Gallo. Um, 207 batting average, 803 OPS, 34 home runs, and 80 RBIs. So, like, Gary, but a little bit better. Um, and, and with a lot more plate discipline. I'm not a fan of Gallo. You guys know I'm not a fan of Gallo. Uh, I don't like his swing. This is a dude who's bitching and moaning about the shift. It's like, if there were a headline for it, guy with golf swing wants baseball to change for him. That's your headline. <laughs> Seriously, dude. I, I'm not a fan of him. Um, he's got green, white, and red in his blood, so that's cool. But I'm not a fan of anything else about him. I, I don't like those guys who hit two bucks. And just because they hit home runs, I'm supposed to ignore the fact that he hits two bucks. And just because he walks a lot. I, I, don't, I don't love those all-or-nothing players. Were the, sorry, the three true outcome type of players. and Maybe I'd be willing to live with it a little more if we didn't already have a lineup with a ton of guys like that. You already have Sanchez, who's completely all or nothing. And then you got a lot of other guys who strike out a ton as well. All right, you got Voight. You have Gallo, Sanchez, Stanton, Judge. As great as Judge and Stanton were last year, they still do strike out a lot. When you put that all together, that's easy to pitch to you know, a lineup that strikes out as much as they do in, in, in the playoffs when you have elite pitching on the mound. 
So I'm not a fan of Gallo on this team. I just think the lefty thing's good. Yankee Stadium lefty, but when you put him into this lineup and you already have a lot of guys who swing and miss and you already have a guy like Sanchez who's your 200 hitter, you can already you can only have so much of those 200 hitting guys on one team. One's enough for me. I'm good. But yeah, I have him hitting 207 with an 803 OPS, 34 bombs and 80 RBIs, which I'm sure there are going to be Yankees fans, lots of younger Yankees fans who call that a great, successful, wonderful season. But um I just don't see this guy truly helping this team. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just me. Uh, where are we going? We're going to center field. Let's go to Aaron Hicks over in center. Hicks, you know, if he's healthy, this is what he's going to do. Um, and again, these are based off of 162 games. Um, but I think he bats 224 with uh, 721 OPS, 18 home runs, and 64 RBIs. The health is first and foremost with him. The contract, good value or not, is, is off to a joke of a start. Let's be real. Um, but when he's right, he's a decent player. He's a decent switch hitter with some pop, um, enough bat-to-ball skills, and he's got excellent plate discipline. And he's also a good outfielder, although that's declined in recent years, statistically and through the eye test. Um I have personally always thought of Hicks as this fourth outfielder. I think he's a decent outfielder who could come off the bench and be that guy. Um, but if you're going to start him, I think you have to put him lower in the order. You know, I know he gets on base, but I'm also tired of seeing... And that's another 200 hitter, too, by the way. Um, but I'm also tired of seeing him... You know, he gets on base, but I'm tired of seeing him leave runners on base and not cash through at the top of the order with the bat. So I think if you bat him 8 or you bat him 9 even, you're getting an excellent, you know, second leadoff hitter and you know, an excellent chance to to get a run there with DJ coming up at, at the one spot and you know, Judge or Stanton or whoever bats 2 to bring him in, right? So I think those are is is um I think those are very possible numbers for Aaron Hicks to go out and do if he is healthy. That's always going to be the, the big thing with him. It's to bat 224, 721 OPS, 18 bombs, and 64 ribbies. That's, uh, it's whatever. It's there. Let's move on to our guy um, who, you know, we still don't know what his future is looking like. But for now, Aaron Judge is our right fielder. And I have him producing another very strong season. Call me, you know, conservative on this one. I like to usually, much like the uh, official projections on all these websites, I like to be a little, I like to lowball because it gives me optimism in a way, right? Um, it's it's better to be, you know, pleasantly surprised than to be let down. But I think these are still very good numbers. Um, very similar to what he did last season. I've got Judge batting two seventy five. With a 917 OPS, 36 home runs, 102 RBIs. Strong numbers. I think he's a 35 to 40 home run guy. It's very difficult um, for anybody to hit, you know, 54 twice in their career. You know, unless you're prime Ryan Howard or one of the few, you know, Bonds, Ruth, keep going back and back and back. It's hard. 
But I think he's going to be, if he's healthy, I think in his age 30 season, which is crazy to say, uh, I think he produces another very strong, definitely all-star caliber season. And remember, he plays excellent defense too. He's a great, he's really a pretty decent five-tool player. He's got the glove. He's got the arm. He's he's a decent runner. He can run the bases. Um, he's got the power, obviously. And he's got decent, you know, not that he's a contact hitter, but he can hit for a high batting average, right? He can hit you 275 to, to 300. You know, we've seen him peak out over 300 during his seasons. So I think he has a great year. I do. Um, Giancarlo. Yes. My guy. <laughs> um, no, listen. He last season was good for for Stanton. He finally showed us what he could give the Yankees. You know, when he stayed healthy, he was very productive. And the thing is, where does he spend his time? They're probably going to DH him. They're they're going to DH him. But we have seen Stanton play better when he's constantly off his feet and staying warm, right? And he was credible out there in the outfield, too, so he can play enough defense to not be a liability, totally. Um, but nonetheless, I have him having another good season, just like Judge. I've got him batting two fifty nine with an eight seventy four OPS, 37 home runs, and 105 RBIs. I think that's pretty fair. You know, it was a pleasant surprise to see him hit in the mid-270s last year. But I don't know if that's going to continue. So... Yeah, 259, 874, 37, 105 for Giancarlo Stanton. Now, we're going to head to break, but when we do get back from our break, we're going to go over the pitching staff, the starting rotation. Uh, we're not going to do the bullpen. We're just going to be the guys who are used, um, you know, consistently. Um, The starters and the starting pitchers. So that's that. Let's head to our break. Hope you guys agree with some of my, at least some of my lineup projections. I don't think they're that out there, right? <laughs> so uh, let's head to break. When we get back, we'll finish this up with the starting rotation. Stay with us. starting pitching 
Alright, and welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 331 of BD4, Yanks 2022 projections. And again, these are based off of if there was a 162 game regular season, which, great timing, because you know, tonight's the deadline and there probably 99% won't be. Um, but whatever. So let's go, let's go to Garrett Cole. We'll begin with the ace, Garrett Cole. Now there's the whole spider attack thing, right? Oops. There's the uh, there's the whole spider attack thing, obviously last year, which affected him ever since he had to stop using the thing. And I think he'll be good this year. I I it's. I wish that I could say he's gonna go out there and be Houston Astros Garrett Cole, or you know, pre spider attack Garrett Cole with the Yankees and dominate lineups with a an ERA in the low twos strike out 300 something batters again I don't know that we're going to see that again I, I still think we can see an ace I definitely still think he's an ace um, so I've got him going out there and pitching to a 16-5 and five record a 3.01 ERA throwing 202 innings and striking out 252 batters Again, these are more conservative than anything. I would like for him to at least have the ERA in the 280s and lower. 290s tops. But, you know, this this will be a good season from Garrett Cole. It wouldn't be anything crazy, but it would be a good season. I personally, again, I'm having a hard time with the fact that he might not ever be the same type of dominant pitcher without it. But we'll have to find out. So I've got Garrett Cole, 16-5, a 3.01 ERA, 202 innings pitched, and 252 strikeouts. Now this next one, I'm probably going to get murdered for it, depending on where you stand, I guess. But I've got Luis Severino, and I, I don't... <laughs> so I've got 8-8. Eight and eight. Win-loss, 467 ERA, uh, 123 in a third innings pitched, and 152 strikeouts. I... <sighs> Name me your entire list of starting pitchers who miss basically three straight seasons, come back, and be elite as a 1A or a number 2 immediately. Name me them. All of them. You know, unless his stuff magically has an uptick before opening day and he ha he's had some incredible winner we don't know about. Uh, and maybe this delay helps him. Hey. But I, I just don't know if he's going to go out there and be that good um, in his very first full full season back. You know, it could be, it very well could be an adjustment year before he's even a shell of what he used to be. And honestly, I, I was I could have been way too conservative with this projection. It could be, you know, it could have went into the fives. The ERA. It, he could either have a really really good season, or he could either have a, a debacle of a year. Right? I'm just saying, man. You know, how many times do we slate this guy in? <clears throat> Excuse me. How many times do we slate him in there as this frontline starter, and then you know his season's over before it even begins? It's three straight seasons. So I, I just can't 
stay optimistic about him anymore. I'm done with, with optimism when it comes to Luis. It's always something. And I'm going to have to see it to believe it at this point. And again, you should be happy that I went with 8-8 eight and eight with the 4-6-7. Um, let's go to the number three starter on this team, which is most likely when he gets back, Jamison Tyon. <laughs> um, nine and six, pitching to a 4.22 ERA, uh, 135 and two thirds innings, uh, 140 strikeouts. He'll be okay. I don't think he'll be great. I don't think he'll be terrible. I think he'll be okay. You know, and that's pretty much that. He's coming back from the injury. Um, and, and if he's healthy, I think, yeah, uh, he's kind of a guy who I don't have much to say about. He pitched really, really well for the Yankees for a stretch there towards the end of the year. It was like entering August or sometime in August for like a seven or eight game stretch, maybe longer. He was like a really good pitcher. But when you put it all together and you include every outing, he was okay. Went healthy. And, and so that's what I think he'll be. Jordan Montgomery, that's the number four pitcher on this team. Another pitcher, you know, this is like full of the rotations, full of, you know, okay. Um, another pitcher who was pretty decent. He was he was a little better than okay. He was, yeah, I would say he was okay. Uh, he was 10-5. and five. I'm sorry, these are projections. I'm predicting him to go 10-5 and five with a 3-7-2 ERA. Uh, toss about 155 and two-thirds innings and strike out 164. Something around that realm. Yeah, he's a, he's another good, you know, back end of the rotation type of pitcher. Crafty lefty. He's got a deep arsenal of pitches. He's a competitor. And when Boone lets him throw deep into games, he can do it. He'll have his, you know, fair share here and there. He'll, he'll implode. But for the most part, he's going to give you quality starts. And I don't technically mean that in its official you know way but I mean he can go out there and give you five innings two runs six innings two runs six innings three runs around that on a night-to-night basis and then rounding off at the five I think for now until we don't we, we find out I guess you put Nestor Cortez in there right Cortez is probably he probably earned it you know unless you get some kind of spring training race between him and Luis Heal, uh, Clark Schmidt, and 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 um, who's the other guy? And Domingo Herman. I don't know, but I think it's probably going to be Cortez. And I think if it is, I don't think he's going to be dominant. You know, like our true ace, like he kind of was last season for a bit. But I think he goes five and four, a four thirty seven ERA, and I've got ninety two point two innings because I don't know how long he'll be the fifth starter. That always changes throughout the course of the year. In 99 strikeouts. So I think he'll, he'll he'll do his thing. He'll be okay. But he won't be what he was. And that's it with, with, with the Yankees. That's it with the, uh, the roster up and down. Now I do have the Yankees as a team on here. I, I projected um, where they're going to sit in the standings. Their exact record. And I don't know if the playoff format is going to be changed. For this season, I know there's talks of them doing some bullshit, but I've got him. I've got him grabbing the second wild card. So here, here I'll put it on the screen here. I've got them going 91 and 71, so about where they were last year. 
third place again and right they were third place last year and the second wild card i just don't know that they're they're that much they're that good i think the division is much tougher it's one of the better divisions in baseball now uh, i don't think any of boston tampa or toronto are going to go away um I just, I don't know, man. It's There's no more cakewalk into that number one spot. There isn't. And I just feel like the Yankees have that mentality every year to where they think they can do that. And that's why they, they schedule these off days, because they think they can deal with it. They, they, they have the advantage. and they, They're so like, uh, what's that word? Not cocky, but I guess cocky's, a, for lack of a better word, you can throw in cocky in there. Smug, maybe? But they think they're so much better than everybody else that they can schedule these off days and save everything for the playoffs when, you know, these guys are barely making it now. So I don't think they're that good. I really just I, I just think this Yankees team is, is okay. I don't think they're going to be that good. They're they're barely going to make the playoffs, and, it, and when they get to the playoffs, they're not going to go too far. That's just my opinion. You might think differently. Good for you. But this is me, this is my show, and I just don't have that good feeling about this Yankees team. Every year I say it, every year I feel like I get shit for it, but every year I end up up being right. So I don't see the Yankees being that good. Again, this is probably going to be a shortened schedule this year now, thanks to the owners and the players. But if it were a 162-game season, I've got them winning 91 games, placing third with the second wild card. And that's that. That's 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 that. So hopefully they prove me wrong. Hopefully they go out there and 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 they start hitting the ball. And the lineup has a better year than they did last season. And the pitching rotation lives up to that potential. And everybody lives up to their upside in the field. And and all is dandy, right? We go win a hundred games and we go win the World Series. But I just don't see it. I just don't think this team has that drive. I don't think they have the fundamentals, the athleticism. And usually, World Series winning teams have one of two things. They've got a rotation that can eat you alive. Or they've got a lineup that puts the bat on the ball. And the Yankees have a rotation with potential to eat you alive, but has they've never hit that potential yet. There's a lot of question marks. There's a low floor. And then they've got the lineup that can also hit your home runs a ton and do all this damage to put up, you know, these flashy regular season numbers and break these records. But when the playoffs come, they start swinging and missing more than anything because elite pitching finds holes in Joey Gallo's golf swing. And the lack of play discipline from Gary Sanchez shows up even more. And the defense from Gary Sanchez shows up and the lack of defense from Torres and all this stuff comes back to bite them because they're just not a fundamentally put together well-constructed roster and those are my final thoughts so hope you guys enjoyed this episode heading to one more break when we get back from break we're going to go over the nyy nyk mma question of the day and we will wrap it up from there stay with us all right folks now if you are listening to bd4 on apple podcasts be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you.
Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. So this episode, 331, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day. Joe Torre is second amongst Yankee managers in wins. Who is first? All right, Joe Torre is second amongst Yankee managers in wins. Who is first? So let me know the answer. Reach out to me wherever you can, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, comment the answer, um, DM me, whatever. If you get it correct, I'll give your handle a shout-out in the next episode. If you at least guess, if you don't get it correct, but you at least guess, I'll let you know the answer in the next episode. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Again, I am your host, RJ Carbone. 
This is episode 331 of BD4. Again, a very pointless episode with all that's going on right now with the lockout. There's probably not going to be a full season. There's probably not going to be... This is probably not the final roster. And there's probably going to be a different playoff format when they do get this season on away. So a lot of the stuff I even said in this episode is, is you know, moot. So, fuck it. But hey. Maybe, uh, maybe there's, there's something out there as I'm speaking. And they come to a deal last minute before midnight. And the season is officially going to get started when it's supposed to. I, I don't fucking know. It's unfortunate, man. It really is. It really is. I, I don't understand it all. I don't care at this point. I just want baseball. But this is where we are. So, all right. That's it. I'll see you in 332. Probably going to be in the Knicks episode. We're talking Knicks and Sixers. They'll play for a second time in two games. Uh, this time, they're going to be on the road. But thanks for stopping by talking Yankees with me. That's all we've got for this one. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.